Blog Talk Radio. Hello, folks. This is Carl. It is uh, Sunday, uh, September the what? The tenth, I guess. Yes, it is the tenth. And uh, we're on here from three to four thirty this afternoon, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. I won't be saying that for too many more months. Unfortunately, we're getting into a very pretty time of the year, but also a time of the year that for those like me who are not wild about very, very cold weather, uh, we're getting to it, but there's not much we can do about that. But we're going to start here, and uh, I'm going to give you a phone number to call if you want to leave a – if you want to call in and uh, – you're obviously uh, listening. Uh, some of you may have called in to listen, but I'm sure some of you uh, are listening through other means other than the phone. But if you want to call in and speak uh, on the program and uh, make a comment or ask a question or uh, discuss something related to what we're going to be talking about, uh, you can do that. The phone number is a toll-free call from anywhere in the United States, continental United States. Let me phrase it that way. And it is free from any cell phone or landline. And uh, the number is 319-527-6208. 319-527-6208. And you can, uh, as soon as you come on, the the recorded message will tell you to uh, uh, hit number one if you want to join the program. And then I will see on my screen where you want to talk, and I'll bring you on, and and we'll go from there. Um, let's see what other stuff we might have. I, I'm going to start a, a new topic today. We've uh, been for a long, long time on uh, on the the Old Testament, uh, the God at work in the Old Testament, uh, everything that the Old Testament was stating. Uh, God is pointing us towards Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and that is the whole, the entirety of the Old Testament is pointing people ahead to the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. Man has sinned. The Bible is about the topic, only the topic. Man has sinned, and God has provided the solution, and that solution is Jesus Christ. And contrary to much false teaching, bear with me, okay? Okay, welcome, Raven. Hello uh, there, Carl. Contrary to... Contrary to much, much, much false teaching, and I've heard this even in Bible studies in a church building, that Christ was never preached in the Old Testament, uh, we're going we're to show today, or not today, it's going to be a, a, a pretty lengthy study uh, that I basically entitled uh, The Cross of Christ. Everything in the Scripture, everything, 100% is pointed towards the cross of Christ. That is the central theme of the whole Bible. It has been, regardless of false doctrine I've heard in churches, 
that Christ was not preached in the Old Testament. Nothing was preached in the Old Testament but Jesus Christ. Uh, and not only that, but when I say it is the central theme of this of all the Scripture, the whole Old Testament pointed towards the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, and the whole New Testament is pointing back to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. I say it's central. That's not a word that aptly describes what I'm trying to say. The cross of Christ is of such importance that you and I, our resting place for all eternity, not where we're necessarily going to rest. It depends on where you choose to spend eternity. But place where we dwell for all eternity will be determined upon your interpretation and obedience to the cross of Jesus Christ. Not your religion, not your denomination, not your pastor, not your spiritual gifts, not your commitment, not your obeying the law, not your being a good person. What did you do with the cross of Jesus Christ? That is number... That there is nothing more important than understanding that. Nothing. All the churches in the world, all the spiritual gifts in the world mean nothing if you have not and do not maintain your absolute 100% faith in your salvation being for one thing, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. So we are we are going to go ahead and uh, we're going to proceed with this. And uh, unlike we've been doing where Raven reads verses and then we explain them out of Scripture, we're going to take individual verses to to stress the point. Now, a lot a lot of areas where I could start, and you know, it's very arbitrary where to start this. Uh, let me just say this: that the same battle of religion and biblical Christianity is all centered upon what we understand and the value that we hold the cross in. The whole battle between religion and biblical Christianity depends on what value that you place on the cross. And it's not something that's subjective. By subjective, I mean that it's not something that everybody can have an opinion on and everybody has an input. We want everybody. No, we don't. You want only one opinion of what the cross is, and that's from the Word of God, period. And that is the end of it. I don't want you to have my opinion on anything. That's why we're going to do a lot of reading of verses. I only want you to get this this most important topic that we could ever talk about is the cross of Christ. And I'm going to, like always, we're going to give many, many, many verses because I don't want to dare run the gamble of you learning something because Carl thought so. That is about the worst, stupidest, most ridiculous reason to believe in anything, that man believes it, man thinks it. Now, the New Testament, as I say, refer to all the, uh, the efforts of religion and religious works. And all of religion and religious works are referred to in the New Testament as the flesh, the sin nature, 
the works of the flesh, carnality. And you could read Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, which very well describe that. Um, but we're, we're going to get going on this, and it's just hard. You know, there's so many things I want to say as a preamble to it. Um, I guess where, I, where I'd like to start is... Uh, why don't you read First Corinthians chapter two, Raven, and read verse two and then five. Okay. First Corinthians two. Two two and five. Two and five. Okay. We're gonna everything we're gonna do, folks, is laced about one thing, and that is the cross. Go ahead. The sacrifice, not the, not the, hey, wait a minute, one thing I got to add, for those people who might be my age and grew up under Roman Catholicism where we grew up thinking that if somebody, somehow, some way, any, even if it even still exists in the natural world, had a, a piece of just a little sliver, even a, a microscopic piece of the cross, we're not talking about the cross itself. We're talking about the sacrifice that Jesus made on, the, because Roman Catholicism, at least until 1963, with the uh, Pope John 64-5, the ecumenical councils, the, the cross would have been the most highly prized relic that you could have. And with relics came certain indulgence, etc. We're not talking about the wooden beam, where the whole thing is not going to center on the wooden beam, but the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that was done at the cross. So go ahead. So what you're saying, Carl, is we're talking about not worshiping the cross he hung on. Absolutely. But the way we do but the person. The way we do, that, that's right. The way we do baptism. We have actually right. made a, a, a requirement for baptism by water. Some of us have. In the old days, in the biblical days of the New Testament, it was circumcision. We have the proclivity, and we will all do it because it's the battle of religion against biblical Christianity. To put up against biblical Christianity, which is all 100%, about Jesus Christ and him crucified, we have the proclivity from the enemy himself to do what? And that is to make a thing of worship out of something that Jesus Christ did or Jesus Christ preached or taught or whatever, rather than who it's pointing towards, and that's towards Christ. Now, we all do it. And Genesis 3, 5 is probably, in fact, why don't you start there? Put your finger on 1 Corinthians, read Genesis 3, 5. This is where it starts, right. folks. And this is where the Christian church today has got to be very careful because we do make, we make things in the Bible like prayer, sacraments, obeying the law. We make them the object of our worship rather than who they're pointing to, which is Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. But here's the reason okay. we do it. It was the first curse ever given to man. Imagine that. The first curse ever given to mankind as a result of sin. 
was was that we would all know. Go ahead, read it. You'll you'll you'll, you'll okay. be able to okay. understand. All right. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That gives everybody, see, there you go. So everybody has this curse inherited from Adam and Eve, from the fall of Adam and Eve. We'll know right from wrong. We'll know good from evil. That's why you've got the numbers of denominations you've got today. And there's some major denominations that don't have anything in common with the number with the denomination itself. They've gone off into they they don't even agree with each other. Paul addresses this in Corinthians chapter one. One says, "I follow Paul." Another, "I follow Cephas." I follow Barnabas or whatever. And Paul says, "No, Paul didn't die for your sins. Everything, folks, that you do has got to go back." To one item, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So I want Raven to read First Corinthians two two, and then five is the reason for two two. All right. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now think of that. What does he mean? He determined to know nothing. Go to Philippians 3 mm-hmm. and read 6 and 8. Okay. Philippians 3, 6 and 8. This is what Paul means when he says, I determined to know nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Important word in that, Carl. Yeah, for sure. 3, 6 and 8. Oh, it concerning is. It deal. is because yeah. determined means that he he went through the process of making sure he wasn't just yeah, listening make to make a man. decision. It's a decision, and, and that not decision, an emotion. Folks, and, and you and I and every human being who ever lived have to make that decision. And the decision we make is going to influence where we spend eternity. It's that serious. Well, and you know what? It, it, it throws away all those people who say that they just had an emotional conversion and didn't make a de- they didn't make a, a conscious decision they just had some emotional, and there's nothing wrong with having emotions in the decision, but That's it still has to point. be a decision. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But there still has to be a, a decision. Okay. Concerning zeal. And you, wait, and no decision church. is a decision. Uh-huh. No decision is a decision. That people oh, yes, have to yes, understand. Yes. So, so, so go, you can't say, well, I never decided to follow him. So, so, right? I, yes, yeah. So if you don't, if you don't decide I mean, to follow it, him, it's still yeah, a decision not words, to follow on, him. On Judgment Day, where it says the grace of God in Titus two eleven has appeared to all men, that God wants none to perish in the Epistle of Peter, yeah. but has reached out for salvation to everybody. There's not going to be anybody, anyone, are there false doctrines and are there Mickey Mouse, Pollyanna preachers out there? Yes, there are. There, in fact, there's probably more of that than there are poor people that give the truth anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's not an excuse because God has put it in the hearts of every man. There's not yeah. going to be an excuse. You are going to have one thing that you're going to answer primarily. <clears throat> yeah. What 
did you do with the cross of Christ? And that's going to be the great white throne judgment. Folks here, the great white throne judgment is where the everyone who since Adam and Eve who has died rejecting the cross of Christ, putting their faith in something in addition to or instead of the cross of Christ. Yeah. And not repenting and dying in the state of trusting in good works or trusting in their God or whatever God we make. Everybody will be one by one go into the lake of fire after they get a chance to explain their good works. Now, one one thing I want to state that gets a little bit when you read Revelation twenty eleven through fifteen, it says that everybody will will be judged on the basis of their works. And that means believers, too. But when believers are talking about their works, the works of the believers are going to plead because they died with faith in Jesus Christ alone, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 2. Not in their church, not in their denomination, not in the fact they've been baptized in water, even though I advocate doing it. When they, when they, the cross of Jesus Christ is the reason, is what they plead when, when we, we go into final judgment individually, Revelation twenty eleven through fifteen, and you say that all the works that you have ever done emanates from Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Those are the works that you're going to plead before yeah. the Judge of all eternity. And that is what's going to save your soul. But if you didn't have the proper understanding of what that cross is, that that cross is the central theme of all of all human life. That's the only reason you're alive is for that cross. Without your faith in that cross, in, 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 to the exclusion of everything else. That's why I had her read First Corinthians 2, too. I determined to know nothing else. That's Paul, folks, the the one who wrote 70%. The Holy Spirit inspired 70% of the New Testament through him. He determined to know it. means that he actually went through it. He studied it. Now, what is the reason that Paul, read read verse 5, the reason why Paul determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified? What's the result? of your faith in Christ alone and what he did at the cross. Verse 5. You mean, I, I didn't First read Corinthians verse 8 yet two. in Philippians. In, well, okay, I know, I know that, but go ahead and read this first. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm jumping around, uh, Raven. There's no, there, that's okay. Yeah, there's nope. no, I understand. Not, I don't uh, know. Verse well, 5 let me explain uh, for the people. and 2. Hold on, let me explain, uh, hold on, let me let me explain for the people. I don't have a commentary. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay. That's the key. As I was saying, and Raven understand, folks, that this sounds clumsy, it is, because in three years, we have not been able, uh, she dropped off for some reason. Uh, We have not been able to get synchronized on this, and Raven is about seven or eight seconds behind when I'm speaking. Uh, Her call dropped. Bear with me. Uh, She's not aware of that. 
I'm going to try and send her a message. Uh, This is frustrating. It's frustrating when you are trying to do something and the equipment is not. All right. Okay, here we are. I don't know what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I don't know what happened. All right. Uh, Did you hear me read the verse or no? Wait, hold on. You you keep going. I'm trying to make, bear with me here. Okay. You're going to go ahead and read verse 5. I don't even remember where we were before you dropped off. Read verse 5. Okay. And this is the reason why Paul determines to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. All right. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see that? When you go into eternity, folks, and you're in the great white throne judgment, and people are going to bring up semi-trailers behind them of all their good works they've done, the only good works that are going to stand under the fire of judgment coming out of the eyes of Jesus Christ are going to be the works that were done as a result of your 100% faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. All the other works, folks, all the good works that you do, as far as why uh, your stand in the final judgment of Revelation twenty eleven through fifteen, the Great White Throne Judgment, it's gonna it's 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 gonna be meaningless. Now all of us Amen. had meaningless works, but those people who died with their faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. They are going to claim not their own good works, but they're going to claim the works of Rebel of Second uh, Timothy one nine, and Second Timothy one nine says that. Uh, in fact, let me read that to you. It's it's much too important for me to just go on memory, even though I do believe I could recite it fairly well. Second Timothy one nine, talking about God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works. This is where the church is preaching false gospels today. They want you to show your good works, and naturally they're right there like Johnny on the spot to give you the works to do. they got a big list of them. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, speaking about God, which was given us in Christ, in Christ, If your faith is not in Jesus Christ and him crucified, you are not in Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're the president of every denomination in the United States, Christian denomination, and I'm exaggerating to make a point. You have to be in Christ. In Christ means you're born again. Without repentance from sin, true repentance from sin, you cannot be born again. Acts 20, 21, Paul preached and taught repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. You don't have one, you don't have the other. Acts 20, 21, one of the many verses. You do not have repentance towards God, you do not have faith in Christ. And many churches today, folks, will not preach repentance because it does not make people feel good. And the feel-good message 
is a message that is turning the turnstiles and causing the pocketbooks to open up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a minister. I'm not here being critical. I'm just saying what I, I'm, I'm saying what I see. I'm seeing things in professional baseball from a managerial style that are so different from the way it had been done for a century. And I, I'm, 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 I'm giving the good and the bad. I'm doing the same thing here. I'm only observing what I'm seeing. And we in the church folks are rich in man's works. We are in the way out of seeing church of Revelation 3, 14 and through 17. And what was the first thing that, that God stated about the church of Laodicea? I know your works, but you are neither hot nor cold, and I'm going to spit vomit you out of my mouth. I know your works. You think you're, but, but you, you're poor, blind, naked, wretched, and miserable. But they're good works. And that's the churches today, folks. And these poor people are being misled by implication or explicitly that the good works that they do, that they think of, meaning man thinks of, is what we're going to plead that's going to cut some water, hold water in the great white throne judgment. No, it's not. It's not going to hold anything. That's why Paul said, I determined to know nothing. Once he knew that it was Christ and him crucified, he didn't want to know anything else unless it hinged on that. Now, Raven is going to read Philippians 3, 6 and 8, and this shows you why Paul had to make this determination. Hello? Yeah, you hear me? I'm with you. Oh, I don't, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Gone yep. I thought I lost you there again. What, what, did, what nope, did you want me to nope. read this time? Philippians First Corinthians. 3. For oh, Philippians, Philippians 3. Okay. 3, 6, and 8. Okay. And this is why Paul stressed that he determined to know nothing. Because look at Paul's background. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But indeed, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And you're talking about a man in verse 6 who said, as touching the law, righteousness by the law, meaning his righteousness was because he obeyed the commandments. The commandments of the Ten Commandments he claimed to obey, and he also was perfect about obeying man's laws. I don't care what laws, folks. If you're going to plead, if you're going to plead on the great white throne judgment where everybody gets a chance to discuss their works as a reason why they should be going to heaven and your works are not emanating from the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, who has given you the works of Second Timothy 1.9, the ones that Christ has determined. Imagine, Second Timothy 1.9, the, 
the, the verse says that the works you're predestined to do if you follow Christ were created in Christ before the worlds began, before Genesis 1-1, folks, before Genesis 1-1. And we have the unmitigated goal in church to mislead people, that they're doing works that are going to be accepted by God and nobody ever teaches anymore that I hear of spiritual gifts. In fact, I've even been questioned in my Bible studies recently. Why do you keep stressing spiritual gifts? Because the church doesn't want to talk about it. And I'm, I'm saying certain churches, folks, don't say that I'm painting every church. But you better make sure where you're going that they're not stressing man's good works. Your good works are not going to mean a, 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 a anything on that day where you stand on the great white throne judgment of Revelation 20. They're going to mean nothing unless they were the works that you did through your faith in Jesus Christ. When Paul says, in Christ Jesus, he means your faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified, bar nothing else. Don't add anything or subtract it. Is that making sense, folks? The good work in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, everything is by Christ, of Christ, through Christ, means that it has to be motivated by the Holy Spirit, not by man, not by a Bible teacher like I purport to be, not by a pastor, not by anybody. The only thing that we can do that that is going to carry water on Judgment Day is going to be, have we pointed you to the scripture, and the Holy Spirit's word. Anything else, folks, is going to, you're going to take up five, I'm going to have, uh, I was going to say U-Haul, but U-Haul doesn't rent trailers to my semi-trailers. Take Penske. Penske tra- rents, Penske truck rental. They rent semi-trailers. They rent the whole thing, the tractor and the semi. I'm going to bring up five trailers to heaven of good works that I'm going to discuss at the great white throne judgment. And when it's all done and the judgment of God hits it, it's going to be a little pile of dust that you can fit in a sock. The only works that are going to be recognized as far as your entrance into heaven and justification for when Revelation 20 says everyone will be judged according to their works are going to be the works that are a result of your faith in Jesus Christ alone. And your faith in Jesus Christ alone is upon how you look at the cross. Is that the central part of your entire existence or not? If it's just a stopping point or it's a good thing to talk about or it fills in three or four sermons so you really don't have to study the Bible that hard. I mean, you've got to make this decision, folks. This is not Carl judging anybody. This is the same thing that Carl is going to be judged by. Is everything that we do, is every place that we're going to spend eternity based upon not what I've done, not what my church teaches, not what my denomination tells me I've got to have as a spiritual gift or I don't fit, which is very predominant today in certain denominations. Is it based on what Christ predestined you to do and he predestined and gave you that ability to do it when he died on the cross. That's why Raven stated, Paul determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Why? So that his faith and trust would be in the power of God, not the wisdom of men. 
and we got too many people in the churches today preaching the wisdom of men. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And we're going to show over the next several weeks many verses that are going to prove to you it's wrong. I don't want you to just accept that through what I'm saying or I'm part of the problem. Do you have anything to add? Um, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, you've really touched on all of it. I, 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 had some, I have something, but you'll probably hit it later, so I'm just going to no, no, go ahead. put it aside. Well, Don't I was just going to say because there was something. Okay, so I was going to say something because there was something that you said, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it made me think of this verse, and that is it's in First John. Um, I had to look up exactly where it was, but it's in First John chapter two. Uh, no, excuse me. Yeah, First John chapter two, verses You're one. You're talking through about the spirit of Antichrist. No, uh, it's in chapter two, okay. and that he's an our advocate. Oh, I know. It's because you were talking about, um, uh, you know, on the last day, what are we going to say to God? You know, when when we have to present our works, and we don't. Yep. Yes, we're going to be judged by our works, but in actuality, we don't have to present our works because all we have to do is say, Christ is my advocate. There you go. No, that verse you're reading there, I know right where you are. You're in First John chapter 2, and you're in verse yep. uh, 1 and 2. Verse one. Go ahead and read them. Yes. Yep. Yes. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And and that's what he does. You know, when we when we step up there and, you know, we have to give our good works, all we, the only thing we have to say is Jesus Christ is our advocate. He's our mediator. He's our intercessor. You know, we, it's the same way as if we were in court. We shut our mouth exactly. and let our advocate, our advocate, yep. our intercessor, our mediator talk for us. And we, he we is going to claim the works speak. he did. And he's going to yes. claim the works that he did. And your faith yeah. was in the works he did, not the works that you do in religion. Even if the works you're yeah. doing in religion are good things. Here, let me give you an example. If you increase your prayer time, fabulous. You increase your Bible study time, double fabulous. But you cannot have your faith in those or it's, it's evil. Your faith has got to yeah. be 100% in what Christ did. Yep. In fact, prayer. it's yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's just like it's just like if you were arrested, and you're given your Miranda rights, and I don't know what they all are. I've never been arrested, but but I know the main one is you have the right to keep the right to be silent, the right, the, yep. you know, the right to yep. not speak, basically. Okay. Like I yep. said, I, I I don't know. I've never been arrested, thankfully, but. But I know you, that's no, the thing, and, and boy, right, right. I've heard it on watching a you know a legal yeah, legal yeah. TV show or whatever, right. So, so but doggone it, you know on Judgment Day you better. That's exactly what you better do is follow your Miranda rights. You know you better keep quiet and just let Christ speak for you. It's the and smartest thing you'll ever happen. do. Good. That's right. Good. No, those. Are, that's a good verse to come to. That's exactly it. 
Yep. Don't. I think we don't, may have don't lost, open your mouth. We lost you. No, I'm I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. Yes, I can. I'm getting a call from Pastor Dave, but I'm going to just. Uh, okay. So, but yeah, uh, fact, I mean, the best which, thing we can do is keep why, silent. Why don't you, Raven, do me do me a favor. Keep speaking. I'll be right back to you. All right. But, yeah, the best uh, thing you know we what? can I do better is not. Keep... No. no, I'm afraid no. Okay, I'll I had a couple other okay. verses. I had a couple other verses no, go I was going to go, go ahead, to with the same thing. Go, so. go. Okay. Go, go. All right. So we have 1 Timothy 2.5, um, which is in the same in the same thing, um, and let me let me go there. Uh, it talks about him being our mediator. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Same thing, you know. He is going to be our mediator. Be quiet and let him speak, and and and, and it, keep quiet. Don't speak. And that also goes, of course, to the same thing when we're talking about going to dead saints or going to anyone else to mediate for us. We hear this all the time. And, and it's not just Catholics. I'm going to say that. I've heard other people too say, oh, you know, I should be able to pray to my grandmother and I should be able to pray to this person. There is one, only one mediator. So if anyone use that one, if anyone ever tells you that you should be able to go to anyone else, there's one mediator. And on Judgment Day, there will be one mediator, one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. That's it. There's only yep. one mediator. And the, and the only Hebrews, mediator, the only way you're going to have. Yes. Uh-oh, I lost you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. But the only oh, way there you go. I can hear you mediator. Now. Yeah, the only way, folks, that we're going to have. Hold on. The only way there's going to be that mediator is if your faith, if you die with your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In the words of Pastor Dave, who plus nothing, minus nothing, yeah. and that's Revelation twenty-two, eighteen, and nineteen. Don't add to the scripture. Don't take a word away from it. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. No, that, that verse that you had there with the mediator, uh, not the mediator, but the uh, advocate, that is exactly, there's a, a 110% exactly what it is. Yes. 100%. And, I, and if you have any other mediator, including your good works, folks, you're risking you're risking the, your whole eternity. It's not worth it. Yeah. Determine right now, where is your Bible studies, your, your sermons, where are they point you? Are they point you to Jesus Christ plus baptism, plus obeying the law, plus your denomination, plus having a spiritual gift? And come on now, I know yeah. that's true. There's a, yeah. there, we'll be read blunt about it. I heard a man who is, leads the parade this morning, he leads the parade in this country and has for years about the, the, the about the gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. He speaks more about it and claims to more than anybody I heard. But he he was fantastic this morning. He says 
that there is no way that the gift of speaking in tongues is a requirement for salvation, nor is it necessary that you do it to be saved. It has nothing that there are people actually in Pentecostal mentality who actually believe you've got to be speaking in tongues to be saved. And this I won't mention his name, but of the people alive today, he's probably been professing this spiritual gift and more knowledgeable about it than anybody I'm aware of. And he flat out said again today, and he's like 87 years old, that this is not, this has nothing to do with salvation. Just like baptism by water has nothing to do with it. But how many Christians are divided mind, as James says? They're going to go into eternity thinking that the fact they've been baptized by water is going to add to their salvation. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, a, it's, an, it's a false gospel. It's a gospel from the right. pit of hell. Should Amen. you be baptized by water? Yes, I've done it and I advocate it. In fact, I think it should be done more often because it's your confirmation in your mind. You're showing physically by your actions what Christ has done for you inside. I think it's great, but it doesn't save your soul that there are Christian churches that imply or imply and explicitly tell people You've got to have this baptism to complete your, I've heard preachers, complete your salvation. No, it doesn't. If you put your faith in baptism plus Jesus Christ and him crucified, you're assuring your salvation is at risk. That's why yeah. Paul said, folks, this verse, 1 Corinthians 2, 2, I determined, and this is from a man who says, I quote, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Touching righteousness, which is by obeying the law, I was blameless. None of us could say that. And then he says in verse 8, yes, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Yes. And he says, I count them but dung in the King James Version, D-U-N-G, that I may win Christ. You've got to get serious about this, folks. The cross is the central point of your whole existence. Without the cross, your whole existence would have been better if it never happened. And if you're in a church where where so many of them are today in the layout of seeing church, they're diluting the cross of Christ with your good works and money. Read Revelation 3, 14 through 17. Your good works and your wealth. You need, you're rich. You need nothing. And Jesus Christ says the following five adjectives. You're, you think you're rich, but you're miserable, poor, blind, naked, and wretched. Five adjectives that he gives to the Laodicean church today because good works and money are what are motivating us, folks. Don't close your ears to what the Bible's saying. You don't like what Carl's saying then just write the verses down and go to them. Let that be the one that teaches you. I have no agenda. I have no church. I'm not trying to get anybody to come to my preaching or my teaching. I have none of it. This is it. I'm telling you, the cross, you must, you must get serious about what Christ's sacrifice of the cross means to you. You must. And where do you learn this? Raven, where will we learn this? Let's go to John chapter 1 and read verse 1. 
That's why there's no excuse. Even if you've got a horrendous, even if you've got an atheist as a, as a minister and teaching the Bible, there's no excuse. No excuse. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Think of this. How many churches do we see today that are making it very easy to not bring your Bible to church? And if you're not bringing your Bible to church, folks, it's very much like a story that I heard years ago when Pete Rose, the the great baseball player, uh, the all-time leading hitter, uh, he took over as a manager for the Cincinnati Reds and he had the top prospect that the team had drafted, top prospect, down in, I believe they were in, uh, their spring training was in Clearwater, Florida at the time, I believe. Uh, but this guy arrived, and he came there, and he didn't have a glove. And Pete Rose just told him, here, here's some money, buy a ticket, go home. Don't even come to practice. Didn't even have a glove. And yet he's gonna he wow. wants to be in profession. Folks, the, the 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 lack of emphasis now, am I saying that if you don't have and let me use a sarcastic statement, I've heard a four hundred pound Bible. No, you don't need a four hundred pound Bible. But when you're not even willing anymore and you've been dumbed down to the Bible by the churches, which do it. They do it willingly. They make jokes about the people who study the Bible and they say, Well, just because you know the Bible. Satan knows the Bible, too. That's true. But don't use one verse to contradict another. Raven, read verse 1-1 of John again. That very word that you're reading is Jesus Christ. And I didn't say it. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, let's say you say, well, that really doesn't say that every word is Jesus Christ. Read John one fourteen. Now we're talking about the, and the word, word, capital W. Yes, yes. Yep. Capital word, right. That's it. And the word became, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the only truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and the Word is God. Are you going to deny that? I don't care what courses you've had in in logic. I don't care what courses you've had in hermeneutics or any of these other fields of Christian studies. You cannot. You cannot, if you had a master's degree in misunderstanding, not understand that the word of God is Christ. Every word is Jesus. You deny one word like, who was the first person that denied the word of God? Eve. Genesis 3.1. Did God really mean that? And that's where all of our problems began. You see what Satan got Eve? He didn't tempt her to be another uh, Hugh Hefner or Larry Flint or to organize the mafia or the underground or crime syndicates or the drug cartel? No. The first thing that mankind was given 
that caused the downfall of the human race spiritually and separation from God without the cross was, did God really say? Doubting the word of God was the number one and the first thing that we were, as a, that humankind was tempted with. Just think of that. Not pornography, not any of this other stuff that we rattle. Oh, they smoke and they drink. I'm not saying smoke or drink. I don't like either one of them. But the number one thing, the first thing Satan did, and guess what? He hit a home run out of the ballpark. We still can't find the ball 6,000 years later. He hit her with doubting the word of God. And when churches are de-emphasizing, we've got many churches today, and I will not mention who the, the churches and affiliations that are putting Korans in the churches along with Bibles if anybody wants to read it. They're minimizing the word of God. Why? Because that was Satan's first trick. He did not tell her to become anything, commit any sin, as we look at sin. He gave her the sin that took down the whole human race, doubting the word of God, because the word of God is Jesus Christ. And you could you get that from John 1.1. 1, 1. And if people say, well, that doesn't say he's, that Christ is the word of God, then you read the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, all that, that entire word is based on one purpose. Read John one twenty nine. This is, a, this is right. the point you can't miss. Every word in the Bible, folks, is based upon the fact that Christ dwelt among us. And verse 29 now. All right. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Are we going to have any denial that the cross is a central point of all humanity, of all human existence? The Word in the beginning was with God, and the Word is God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's obviously Jesus Christ. And the, the word then was the Lamb of God who died on the cross to pay for your sins. You see, you can't get away from it. The scripture is pointing to one thing in all of human history. The whole New Testament Amen. is pointing back to the cross. The whole Old Testament was pointing forward to faith in the coming cross. Salvation will be to those in the Old Testament, the same as it is to us in the New Testament, except we are saved by trusting what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago at the cross. The Old Testament people that are saved are going to be saved by their faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified who was to come. No difference in salvation. No difference in salvation. There, how was Abraham? Read Romans 8, 4, Romans 4, 3. Abraham was not saved because he obeyed the commandments or any other law because the commandments were given for 350, 400 years after Abraham. What did God determine Abraham's righteousness about for? But what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. 
Well, what does that have to do with the price of popcorn? Well, we're talking about everything. Do you believe that Jesus Christ and him crucified is the only, only building block that you've got to base your salvation on? Do you believe that? Is your church teaching? Are people like me telling you this? Or do you believe that you're, that it's your church, your denomination, sacraments that you take, like baptism? Now, we laugh at circumcision, but in those days, that was just as evil. They put their faith in something that was not bad. Jesus Christ was actually circumcised. Folks, you've got to make this decision. Where you're going, are you hearing nothing but Christ and him crucified? If every verse, every sermon, every Bible study doesn't point back to the cross, it's just intellectual knowledge, which are the people are right who criticize the Bible. Satan knows the Bible better than we do, and he's going to spend eternity in the lake of But that does not negate the necessity for us making a decision. Who are we going to follow today? Are we going to take up the cross? Are we going to take up the benefits Jesus died on the cross to give us? Or are we going to live by religious law? It's our choice, folks. And if you don't think that's in Christianity, then all I've got to say is you've been deceived. The enemy started with Adam and Eve. Eve and Adam, in Genesis 2.25, they were walking with God. And I'm jumping ahead. They were walking with God in the cool of the day. They were conscious of no sin because sin hadn't been committed. The very next verse, Genesis 3.1, doubt the word of God. But what does that have to do with me? Because when the cross is not your single thing, the only thing you're going to plead on, on judgment day, you don't believe God. Very simple. That's what Raven read Romans 4.3. What does that have a bear? What does Romans 4, 3 have to do with me? That was Abraham. There wasn't even any law then. True. But if you do not believe that the cross and what Christ did there is the whole focus of your existence and what you did with it and your faith you had in it, that is going to determine, folks, much more than how much money you gave or how many good works you did or random acts of kindness. Those things should be a result of your faith in Christ and him crucified, period. We're following men in the church today like we've always done. And it's going to lead to the lake of fire, folks. Read Revelation 20, 11 through 15, please. You're all going to go through the great white throne judgment, but Christians are going to be unaffected. Because the advocate, as Raven pointed out in First John 2, 1, the advocate will interrupt the, the judge and say, I have paid the debt in full, and their faith is in me, and nothing added to, nothing taken away. Please write these verses down. You've got to believe these folks, not because I say them. In fact, one more thing about that. That's the worst reason you could believe them is because someone says it. I don't want that. Please don't do that. Don't do yourself that disservice. All right. We're going to go back now, and I'm going to start in the beginning, and we're going to trace this out. 
were right from the beginning. As soon as man sinned, mankind, Adam and Eve, where they doubted the word of God, immediately the curse was for man to make for his sin, man to make a payment to God for sin. That is where religion started. It started in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Man makes his own covering, his own religious works, his own good things. We're going to see where it originated. But let's start at the beginning, and let's go to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to read 15 through 17. Genesis 2. This is before anything, anything went wrong, folks. Genesis 2, and what, what verses again? 15 through, 15 through 17. This is very okay. interesting. We're going to trace this history. We're going to trace man's original impulses, what it is today, to get religious. When you sin, the worst thing you can do is get religious, which is depending on your good works. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Now he told this to who, Raven? To Adam. That's right. That's right. Okay. Now, there was just Adam. Verse 18, read that. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Okay. And this is where God took a rib out of Adam and he made Eve. But remember, Genesis chapter 2. Verse 15 and 16, God commanded the man, you can eat from every tree in the garden, but from the one in the middle of the garden, you must not. The tree of good and evil, the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil, which is religion as opposed to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Anything that is not based on Jesus Christ and him crucified is evil. All religious yeah. works, if they are not motivated by your faith in Christ alone, they are Cain's vegetables. And we're going to get into that. But remember, yeah. this is why Eve did not commit a sin. Eve was deceived. Why? Because she doubted right. the word of God. She fell for that. How often does that happen to me? I don't want to answer that. Yeah. But Adam was commanded, you shall yeah. not eat of the tree in the middle of the garden, which is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see where religion came in? Up till this point, mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, they had never had religion. They were 100% God-dependent. In fact, read Genesis 2.25, and you'll see that they were God-dependent not man-dependent in any way, shape, or form. And they were both naked, the man and the wife, and were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. Naked, we're all naked before Christ. He sees everything. 
all the reasons we yeah. give for why we deserve we deserve to commit a little sin. We have to hold a little sin, you know, for a rainy day. God looks mm-hmm. the other way. He realized, no, 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 no. God is going to, when we're naked before God, all the rationalization the church gives you to justify your sin. And it happens, folks. Mm-hmm. Please believe me, it happens. Yeah. All of that stuff is going to be seen right through, and he's going to blow it out of the water. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now, look at how quick the tide turned. Now go to Genesis 3, uh, 1. Okay. 1 through 4. The very next verse. Now now the serpent... Yeah, I turned the page. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees. Hold on. You see the policy? She didn't know the scripture. She did not know the scripture. Or Adam didn't do his job in telling her. In either case, it was wrong. God never said you can't eat of any fruit or touch it or anything. She didn't know. Right. This is what we're being programmed in the seeker-sensitive and prosperity gospels, folks, which is a horrendous path to hell, and that is to not not take the word of God, take man's word over it. Go ahead. Right. And uh, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Ah, you can't touch. God never said touch it. You see, folks, where you've got a why Raven and I have always given you verses, you've got to know the verses. You don't accept it because we say it. You only accept what we say if it's coming from Scripture. Look at what this right. hell on earth has created for every human being in the last 6,000 years because Adam didn't do his job of giving his wife the what God's mandate was, that you shall not eat of that, and she didn't know. Now, it was either her carelessness or his carelessness. We're approaching the right. Scripture with the same thing, with these Mickey Mouse statements ridiculing the scripture and ridiculing people who study. I've always heard, and it's true, the fact you don't carry a Bible, the fact you carry a Bible doesn't mean you're going to heaven. That is absolute fact, folks. So we're using that in churches as little jokes, which people uncomfortably laugh at. And I don't know why churches would do that. Why do you want to discredit the very word of God, which is Jesus Christ himself? I'm not saying the printed word is God. The words are Jesus Christ. You can't separate the word of God from Christ. Every word, Old and New Testament, is Jesus Christ. It's pointing to him. It's pointing to him for one reason, the cross. That's where everything in all eternity is going to hinge. Is your faith in nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified? Well, Carl, nobody can be perfect. I'm not telling you to be perfect. I'm telling you, Paul says, my 
that I determine to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. When things come into your mind that you want to, you want to share a little bit of good works with the cross, get it out. Don't even give attention to it. Don't even give thought to it. It's an abomination. When you add yeah. one thing to the cross, folks, you are, you, are, you are taking yourself out of grace. You're making the cross of no effect. Read Galatians 5, 2, and 4. The moment you add right. one thing to the cross, you are sealing your doom, possibly, possibly. Galatians 5, 2, and 4. Okay. Hold on, I'm getting there. Galatians 5, 2, and 4. 2 and 4. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. You have become estranged from... Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. That's scary. Okay, and we're talking circumcision. Well, we don't do that today. We're too advanced for that. No, but we use water baptism. We use it. You have to complete the cycle by water baptism, or you've got to complete the cycle by speaking in tongues. Yep. We do it every day of the week and trillion times on Sunday. Yep. To that statement, do you determine to know nothing but Christ and him crucified? Well, a lot of things come into my mind. They are going to come into your mind. That's why we're going through this, and I'm going to go through this for weeks. It's going to take several weeks to go through the cross. At the rate I'm going, yeah. it'll probably take into warm weather next year. Because I'm going to go through every verse with a fine-tooth comb. I'm not going to, not going to, not going to take a chance, folks, in missing anything. We can't. Your salvation is based on this. Amen. Amen. Now you you just said that the Christ of first two. Read two first. Five two. Okay. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Do you see what that is? I, I you love see why Paul. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love verse 3, really, because he says, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised. He's a debtor to keep the whole law. But once you start following the law, you have to you have to do the whole thing. In other words, he's saying you're Amen. you're committed. You're committed to follow to try to to keep everything. Then, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to keep the law, now you got to keep all of it. That's right. Keep all that's of it. That's why in the great that's why the great white throne judgment, folks. The person who Christ opens the books and says you came into eternity trusting in one thing in addition to my sacrifice. And if you're going to trust in that one thing, that's other than my sacrifice, you're trusting in something you did. If you're going to trust in something you did, then you're no longer under the grace. You're no longer under the grace if you're if you're pleading that you were a law keeper. That's what she just read. That's why he's going to say now, if you're pleading that you obeyed the law, 
then you're going to have to obey every bit of the law or you're a lawbreaker. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's impossible to do that. We can't keep the whole law. It's, it's, no, we it's, can't. There's no way. Raven, but why, can, why, don't, why do these people who are continuing to preach good works in church, they don't, I don't know whether they don't know it, they haven't read it, they don't believe it. I don't understand. But that's not yeah. the point. We're not here to criticize the problem. We're here to show people the pitfalls of the problem. Now, in verse yeah. 2, it says, Christ shall profit you nothing. Nothing. Yeah. If all you do is allow yourself to be circumcised, does that mean that everybody who's circumcised is going to hell? No. Those people who think that that's necessary for salvation, that's the problem. Yeah. If I think yeah. it's necessary to pray an hour a day and read the Bible an hour a day, those are great things. They're biblical. But if my faith is based on that, in addition to Jesus Christ and Christ crucified, the cross has yes. become of no effect to me. No effect. Right. Think of that. Yeah. Yes. Now I love verse yeah. four. We're saved by what? Ephesians two eight. What are we saved by? Grace. Ephesians two eight. What? We're saved by grace. Amen. Through faith. You're not saved by yeah, your faith. But we're saved by grace. If you're saved by you if you're saved by your faith, folks. That's in addition to Jesus Christ. You're saved by grace through faith. Yes. You receive the grace through faith. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, if it says we've fallen from grace, can you interpret that any other way? Then we, we're potentially nope. going to leave our salvation? How can nope. anybody interpret that different? You're saved by Can't. grace through faith. Not of works of your own. You see, when you put your faith when you put your faith in your works in addition to grace, grace all of a sudden disappears. Yes. Because grace says you're saved by grace through faith, not of works of your own. Not of works of your own. The minute you add works of your own, grace becomes nullified. And that's what saves your soul. Are you willing to push that envelope? This is this gets beyond stupid. And yet we're willing to listen to these people rather than check out the verses. We're willing to listen to these people. In fact, they're multimillionaires. There's hundreds of them. And I'm not I'm jealous of that. I couldn't care less. The point is, folks, they are leading people to hell, and the people are feeling good about it just like Eve did, and yet she didn't realize what she was doing to the whole human race. Because she doubted God. And when when you ministers know, and... Yeah. No, I, I just was going to say, you know, Carl, the reason that, you know, if, if, we're going to, if, if we're going to think we can do it on our own, that we can somehow follow the law and, and do every, and, and or follow works, you know, be good enough for God by following works, doing things our way, we become like stubborn teenagers. We can do it. We can do it our way. When, when in fact, you know, while the parents sit there and go, y- you're blowing it, y- you know you're falling apart completely. You're, you're, your life is a mess, and then you got these teenagers going, no, it's not. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Remember being that stubborn teenager, Carl, 
I, I remember being that stubborn teenager, you know, where, where I remember having stubborn teenagers not too long ago, you know, who were just like, I can do, and you're standing there going, but, but just let me help you. Your, your life is falling apart around you. Please let me help you. And, and they're going, I got this. I got this. I can do it. Until finally you just throw, you know, they hit 18, you throw your hands up and go, okay, I can't force you. You know, and that's what verse 4 finally says. Finally, it's like, okay. He's, he's like, fine, go do it on your own. Fine. You, you want to do it yourself, do it yourself. And, and, and that's where we get to, where he just kind of goes, I wash my hands of you. Fine, if that's what you want. If you truly want to go do it on your own, go do it on your own. And we don't want to get there. Folks, the problem is when you put your faith in one thing you do in addition to Christ, you are now basing it on your obeying the law, and God's going to say to you on Judgment Day, if you're basing your salvation on obeying the law, you must obey all of it. But James very clearly says, if you break one bit of the law, you've broken it all. Yeah. Why are we not preaching this message today to, to shoot down every form of religion there is? Christianity yeah. is not a religion. Biblical Christianity is not a religion. It's about right. trusting in what was done at the cross. Nothing that we have to add to it. Nothing. We're yeah. not even our faith doesn't save us because then again I'm dependent on something I've done. And Paul says everything we've done is done. I can't think of a worse word. And don't think I'm being crude. It's in the King James Version. Dung, D-U-N-G. Look it up in the dictionary if you still got one. If you don't, use your phone. Yep, yep, true. But you've fallen from grace. Christ will profit you nothing. You've fallen from grace. You who seek to be justified by obeying the law. Remember what Paul said, that he was blameless as far as obeying the law. Blameless. But he counted it as all lost, all dumb. Why do you think this man said these things, folks? He said it because he knows that we're going to get the same temptation. He knows we're going to get the same temptation. And where did it start? It started in Genesis 3.1. And there are people that say your environment depends on your, your salvation is based on your environment. Genesis 3.1 is right after Genesis 2.25. How could you have a better environment than being naked in front of God and two people and they were not ashamed because they had never sinned? They couldn't have a better environment than Adam and Eve had. The very next verse. The first yeah. thing Satan threw was doubting the word of God. We're doing the same thing in the churches today when we're degrading the Bible with little jokes. Well, you don't have to carry a 400-pound Bible to go to heaven. Or, and again, the other, word, the other attack is that, you know, you don't need to know the Bible. Satan knows the Bible better. That's a true statement. But we're taking criticism in the churches. I've heard it. I've heard Bible studies on it. I've heard pastors make snide remarks in churches in a sermon. And everybody laughs sort of half-heartedly. 
because I think people know it's a very uncomfortable topic. We're giving people the Koran to study in churches along with the Bible. We've got a man who just retired this year as a TV evangelist, more than TVs worldwide, and he says the Bible is not pertinent today, and today is not pertinent to the Bible. We need more more, more Bible. I've got that in writing in one of his books from the 90s. When are we going to get away from depending on man's word and get to the Bible? That's the only thing I'm asking you, begging you for your soul to do. I'm telling you, the great white throne judgment is nothing pleasant. Even for those who are pleading only the blood of Christ, you're going to see friends and relatives who are going to be screaming that their churches taught them this, and and it's not going to mean anything. You had a Bible. Right. Read the Bible. We were told right. the churches. You better you don't know need it. To have a four, you don't need a 400-pound Bible to get saved. I've heard that so often. And then all Satan knows the Bible. We're using that to discredit the fact that we're to know the Word of God, and the Word of God is Jesus Christ. You deny one word in the Word of God, you're denying Jesus Christ. Folks, think of this. This is serious. If you never want to listen to me again, fine. Thank you for coming on today, but consider these verses. Consider them. Your salvation is going to depend where you spend eternity on this one thing. The fulcrum point. The fulcrum point, if you studied high school science and physics, it was theoretically the fulcrum point was the very point on any object where you could hold it in balance. You went to one side, you fell that side. Another side, you fell to that side. The fulcrum point, the balance point of all of human history and all of eternity is the cross, the central thing of your salvation, add nothing, subtract nothing. Well, then you can say, well, then Carl's preaching against doing good works. No, I'm not. The good works will follow. That's Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.8.9 says, We're saved by grace through faith, not of works of our own, so no man can boast. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are predestined. In fact, let me me go go to 2.10 and read it. Ephesians. The good works follows the good works that Christ has given you in Second Timothy one nine before the worlds began, those are the things that are gonna follow true salvation. So I'm not saying don't have good works. I never said that. Don't put your faith For in we that. are sorry. Yeah, for we ahead. are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are, the good works that we're to do, folks, and will do, are created in Christ Jesus. That means only your faith in Christ and him crucified. If your faith is not in him and him crucified alone, you are not born again. Those who are born again are those who are in Christ. They're not in Christ if they've got baptism or circumcision or anything else. Their denomination, their religion. I'm telling you, folks, please, please see this happening in in modern Christianity. It's going to get so bad at the end time that Jesus is going to come back 
And you know what he says? Will I find any faith when I return? And he's not talking about faith in the NFL stadiums today where the team, everybody but Detroit, is opening their season today. He's talking about faith in the churches. The churches are going to become totally apostate. They're going to have great churches. They're going to have great churches. They're going to have all kinds of works and money. The Antichrist is going to lead the final church, the apostate church, but it's going to end up in the lake of fire. Because why? Not because we're bad people, because everyone is bad. There is none good but Christ. You either depend on his work totally or you could lose your eternity. Mm-hmm. And then people say, well, that's not true. Once I'm in, I'm, I'm in. No, you're not. Read Hebrews 3.12. And I'm not going to get into that debate today. That'll last forever. Right. Hebrews 3.12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Can't depart from something you were never part of. That's right. logic. Even if we came in on battleship, battleship Galactica or whatever it is, uh, you you cannot depart from something you are not part of. And I know this opens up a whole other can of worms that people argue about. Just read the Bible. You don't need to argue. You don't have to have a PhD in hermeneutics or anything else. Read the Bible. Do you believe the Holy Spirit is the only teacher? Most of the church doesn't. They believe you've got to listen to Carl. You've got to buy Carl's study guide. You've got to buy Carl's books. You've got to take his courses. Go on a Christian cruise with Carl. Go on a Christian cruise every day of the year if you got the money. They're great. I was on a cruise once. It was the best thing I ever did in my life. It was 40 years ago. But don't put your faith in anything other than the cross and Christ crucified, folks. Your your salvation, your resting place for all eternity depends on it. I can't say it. And it's not just, it's just not you. It's Raven and I. It's everybody. The great white throne judgment, everybody will be judged according to their works. And your works and my works are not good enough. But the instant we step up there, in front of the judge, who is Jesus Christ. He is immediately going to tell the Father that he has already died to pay for this sin, and your faith is in nothing but what he did, not anything you've done. And the Father is going to give you the golden key to get into heaven. That's basically what it is. We're almost to the end. Do you want to say anything more? No, I I think I've said everything. I think I've said everything I meant to say as we as we went through here but this is a really good study think about it because i know you're of this mentality in fact let me let me be honest if you were not of this one mentality 100 percent, you and i couldn't do this program we just couldn't oh i i I agree yeah i mean they say water and oil don't mix you don't mix religion right. with biblical Christianity. You cannot. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. A- right. Absolutely, Raven, Carl. In, in, in your prayer, I want you, 
emphasize that we we need more than ever his assistance because again Jesus Christ says when he returns will he find any faith we know that in the next few years the the condition of the church is going to deteriorate we know that what yeah. this is what the bible is saying about the cross folks is a, is a, the most important thing that we've ever will ever be able to discuss or talk and just reconfirm that we need the Holy Spirit in every thought. I don't want you or I to have a stray thought that he does not put in our mind. Go ahead, and then we'll we'll make the person happy who comes after us because we're going to give him about two or three minutes. All right. Okay. Father, we're so very thankful that we're able to come together and study your word, Lord, and, and share it with others who would who want to listen and edified by your Holy Spirit. Father, the only way to continue in Christ, the only way to continue in Christ, Lord, is to seek out you in prayer and to ask the Holy Spirit to continually be working in us to convince and convict us every single moment of every single day. If we neglect Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, then we put ourselves in, in, this, in this possibility of walking away from our salvation. We cannot neglect any part of you, Lord. And so I pray that everyone listening will understand this, this need to not neglect you in prayer, to not neglect Christ, the Word, and not to neglect the Holy Spirit as he convicts, but to walk in the Spirit daily, to take up our cross and follow you. We love you, Lord, and ask you to just be with us as we go through this week and come back together next Sunday again. In Christ's name, amen. And we will be here. We will be here next Absolutely. week. Thank you. Thank you, Raven. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Carl. Take, I'm going to Take care. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.